Hey, I'm Drew, and this is the very first Citizen Coder podcast video. Um, unless you're listening to this on my audio podcast, in which case, yeah, you're still listening to audio. Um, I am here today with Ash. He goes by Amalgam Ash on YouTube. Um, but if you're talking to him, you call him Ash. So, <laughs> so Ash, um, I uh, I ran into you. Um, I discovered this game engine on uh, Steam, as probably most people run into game engines, or a lot of game engines. And it is kind of a... Uh, I guess it's sort of an RPG maker, but we can kind of get into that. Um, and uh, it's, it's kind of the first RPG maker style engine that I've actually played around with much. Um, but how did you get into uh to game programming or game making well firstly uh thank you very much for having me it's great to be here i appreciate the the time and attention for sure um so game programming i, I always wanted to do a couple of things one was right that was my very first aspiration when i was a wee lad and uh, that translated later when I got into video games uh, to, I want to make video games. So being, you know, a kid, I had no idea what question to even begin to ask to know how to do that. But at some point in my adolescence, I picked up RPG Maker, uh, the lovely pirated RPG Maker 95 <laughs> version that nice. those in the know know about uh, from Don Miguel who made it accessible to Western audiences and found out that, wow, that was awesome. Very rewarding. I could make my own game. What the heck? <laughs> so that turned into finding resources, assets, sprite rips, tiles, uh, folks who had made projects. And then I saw very quickly that somebody who had the engine might decide that they just needed to throw together a map and like some jokes and, you know, some, some obscene humor and then upload that as a project. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. That that seems to still be a trend that continues to today. It's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. But like, it's still, it's still very much a tool for that person who's like, oh my God, I can make my own game. What? And if you had any idea about, you know, they're, they're having to be programming and, and asset building and painting and all of that stuff behind the scenes and thinking you could never do that, well, this shows you that, yeah, you can still do that. You just have to drag and drop things and try to try to make your imagination come to life. So it was at that point. I, I think I was about 16 or 17 when I, I think I was 16 when I discovered that. And that's been you know, 22 years ago. We won't talk about that. Mm. Um, I found another tool called RPG Toolkit. And that's what I kind of stuck on like glue for a long time. I had a huge project that I was going to make in that engine. I don't know what happened, but at some point I lost that project and I did not get back into RPG making stuff until about 2017, mm -hmm. 2018, when I found uh, RPG Maker had been going through so many upgrades and iterations. RPG Maker MV was out. MZ was on the horizon and MV3D was a plugin that was being created. And I had no idea what plugins were or how to use this new 
engine, but I fished my way through it and uh, fished, swam, <laughs> other word my way through it. And I floundered. There we go. And I figured it out and I decided uh, that not much had changed and it still wasn't as good as RPG Toolkit, but it, it led me to look for other engines, which is kind of why I'm in the mess that I'm in today. I'm, I'm surrounded by them now. Oh, to be surrounded by game engines. Um, I did take a course on Visual Basic in 2006, and I thought, this is going to be the way. Yes. And when I completed the course, I'm like, this is not the way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when I when I say I have this much experience in coding, I can read a good amount of it, and I can even extrapolate, go through there, change some things, and uh, make it do what I would like for it to do. But once you start talking about structs and... Uh, arrays and inheritance. I, I, I'm like, okay, no, I'll, I'll go drag a tile onto a map. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, sometimes when you're just trying to make something, you don't want to deal with the, uh, the code aspect for sure. Um, I had kind of a, I don't know if it was a similar journey, but, um, I got into programming actually in 2016 was when I actually decided to start trying to give it a, a, a full-on go. Um, but I've... Uh, my first love has always been making games. And so to this day, um, I'm, in a, I'm in a coding boot camp, and, you know, you can ask all my classmates, it's all about making games. <laughs> Even if it's not really a game-centric <clears throat> language. Um, but yeah, so what, um, what, what kind of games do you like to make? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what kind of games do you like to make or do you have, when you say it's all about games, like, I don't think there's something that can challenge you more. So, I mean, if, if you know how to make a game, you're, you're at peak performance, man. You should be able to make whatever app the client needs at that point. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I think they're good to go if you get into gaming. Uh, games I like to make the, the ones that are most facilitated by the engines that I like to play around with I like art I just have a love for all things role playing and fantasy so mm -hmm. it'll always be RPGs uh, but there's cousin genres to that right like there are adventure games where you go around talking to people collecting items or information and then using those items and information to unlock more areas until you get to the end um, adventure games are a lot of fun I have an appreciation now for visual novels that I didn't have before. Uh, I've been playing a lot of want playing reading. You make choices. Yeah. I, I guess you technically play, play, read. I'm you still know, struggling I, with how you. I, I have one on my wish list um, that I've been meaning to buy. And um, it's the only uh, visual novel that I've looked at and been like, hmm, this could be fun. But. Uh, and of course, it involves giant robots because uh, I like all things. Ooh, can I ask what that is? Yeah, I can't remember, man. I'm gonna have to. Oh <sighs> shit, we have giant robot visual novel. We have, uh, we have Google here, so I'm just gonna check it out. <clears throat> You're gonna Google giant robot visual novel. You're gonna find ten more <laughs> to add to your wish list. No, I'm actually gonna just go to look at my wish list. <laughs> uh, the beauty of the internet. Um, but whether or not I can find it, it's going to be another story. Um, yeah, I'm always, uh, ever since I played Xenogears, I've been obsessed with giant robots. 
And yeah, you just name dropped one of my top favorite games of all time. Man, if I could recreate that game about a hundred times, I would do it. It's the only um, giant robot game that has captured my <laughs> imagination. And they've just—I'm so sad yeah. that the <clears throat> creators haven't done another giant robot game. They—they they seem more obsessed with telling the story without the giant robots so much and i'm not I, sure what happened but i think it'd be so amazing if the team that was responsible for it could get through all their licensing issues and mm -hmm. and lead the xeno blade game series into that direction and finally have it end where xeno gears needed to begin that would yeah. be such a huge, huge, huge thing. Yes. Very unlikely, but huge. Yeah, very unlikely, for sure. We see mechs in the latest Xenoblade. We see robots. We see where things could like start getting hinted at. Oh, interesting. And that's like, just that in and of itself is pretty exciting. Maybe, maybe they're planning on it, and they've just gone. And uh, like, I haven't played the Xenoblade. I think I have, <coughs> I have the one before that, uh, Chronicles. Xenosaga. Cena Saga, yeah. Uh, on the Switch, is that right? Oh. Um there are a couple of Xenoblades. So I don't think it's a blade. I, mean, though. A... I think it's a th I think it's Xenosaga, those were the PS2 games. Okay. I don't know if they have Switch ports, they might. Okay, then it's whatever. Yeah, maybe. I'll have to look. Um I know the the guy's got like a red sword. It's like a technological looking sword. Um I am if quite certain that that is Xenoblade. Okay. But... Okay, then you're probably right. Maybe it's the first maybe it's the first one. And they did like a, um, like a remaster or something. They did do a remaster recently. Yeah. Okay, that's that's what it was. And then they released it on Switch. So that's what I have. Okay. All right. I have it, and at some point I'll be starting it up again to try to actually play it seriously again yeah. because I have not yet played it all the way through. Have you um Have you played the the second two? No. Oh, okay. All right. I I've played Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh. <clears throat> the one with Nia, mm -hmm. the cat girl, but only for like a couple of hours. Mm. And then I was like, okay, I wouldn't, I would love to finish the first one. I would love to start and then finish the first one. Yeah. The thing is I've only got room on my plate for like one big, big game at a time. Mm -hmm. And then like a whole bunch of casual games I can play jumping in and out. Uh, and my big game right now is Elden Ring, and I've I've spent 120, 130 hours on it, Ooh, and massive. now I'm at a point in the game where I needed help, so I looked up, help, and it's like, oh, this marks the halfway point in the game, and I'm like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. Oh, Are man. you serious? <laughs> There's no way. Oh, well, that's where my time's going to be. Uh, yeah, I um I tried Elden Ring a little bit, um, and I don't know why i didn't play it any more than that um are you a dark souls fan no see i've never played never really played dark souls um i and i don't know why like everybody talks about them um you know i had a bunch of friends at work that tried to get me to pick them up and i just haven't really dark souls um is too dark <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> I, and and they're challenging for the sake of being challenging right right 
I I tend to be sucked in by story more than anything. And so if there's not a lot of like story happening, I'm probably not as interested. Um although the uh the last one you mentioned, what was it? What was the game? What's the latest game again? I'm drawing a blank because it's early and my coffee hasn't kicked in. I know Xenoblade Chronicles is, is the latest <laughs> in that. No, no, no. The uh, the Dark Souls <laughs> series. Oh, Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, that one. I when I saw that coming out, I was like, "Wow, that looks amazing!" I probably will play that, um, and I probably still will um, at some point. I just uh, I've got you know, a bunch of games in my list and I'm not getting through them as quick as I would like anymore. Um, now that that's a real issue. It, it is a real issue. Um, time being, uh, scarce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, library <clears throat> libraries of games are so easy to build now with everybody giving away games. So, um, I have an Epic game, uh, store account and the only thing I ever do on there is get the free games every week. That's it. Um, so I've probably built up, I don't know, maybe four, almost 40 games now. Ah, so you, you have RPG in a box? I do. I just picked oh. that up. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. So I'm definitely going to toy around with that a little bit. Um, try it out. We've only got a few hours left, if that, before that comes off, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So if you're interested in RPG in a box, grab it quick. Epic Game Store, go. <laughs> um, yeah, that that actually looks looks pretty good. Have you played around with it much? Oh yeah, I've I've had it for a while. Um, I haven't had it long enough to get good enough at it to be confident enough to help people in like the Discord communities and stuff whenever they have issues. Mm-hmm. I'm only really good at one or two engines as far as like that goes. Mm. If it's a Smile game builder or RPG developer Bakin. I will generally be able to jump in and, and answer whatever issue it is you're having. RPG in a box, I need to spend more time with. I've even done a couple of tutorial videos on it. But mm-hmm. I've, more than that, I've played other people's works on the channel. Mm. Okay. And uh, is that just random stuff you've found people making or people send you send you stuff to play? I I go hunt for it. And I find it, which it's usually all in one spot because the creator of the engine makes a a valiant effort to go and collect all of the works that are made with it uh, mm. and, and compile them into a list so people can find it and see kind of where the engine's been, what it has been able to do, what it can do now, etc. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I'm going to send you a link. I think this is it for the giant robot <clears throat> visual novel game. Um it's, it's called Ops. something space strategy, but um, I saw robots in the in the uh, trailer, and I was like, "I'm in." <laughs> uh, oh, nice! Yeah. Um, so, I've kind of had this long running idea where I wanted to make a game that's very similar to Xeno Gears, and you know, in terms of story, and I do a ton of pixel art. Some of them have been giant robots and so uh, when i saw that when i saw rpg developer bakin um i was like okay that actually looks like kind of how um 
the Xeno Gears engine worked. Um, in that it's uh, 3D, but you can use 2D sprites in it. You know, kind of yes. out of the box, and yeah, yeah, that sucked me in a little bit. <laughs> That'll do it. That's like top tier for an, I would say our age range to see that and be like, oh, I remember. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, Wild Arms too. Did you, did you play Wild Arms? Wild Arms. No, um, I think I've. I don't know. Um, or were you, were you big in the uh, PlayStation RPG? Oh 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 wait. Wild Arms. 97, 98, 99. That actually rings a bell. Um, I'm having to Google it because it's been a while. Um, let's see. I think I actually have played that, but I don't recall it as much. Wild Arms 2 is the one that I've played. I, I played Wild Arms 1 for like an hour, and I'm like, this is nowhere near as good. But I, I need to uh, go back and actually... Um, give that one a chance yeah i was unfair to it i might have to um check out the emulator scene <laughs> wild one. arms 2 um you said you have already said xenogears uh star ocean 2 or star ocean second story is one yeah, of my favorites that was one of my favorites yeah i absolutely loved that loved the soundtrack loved the gameplay the combat was always fun mm-hmm. like i could grind and never get tired i think that might be the game i'm just now realizing that ruined me on turn-based combat oh. for the rest of my life because I cannot stand turn-based combat, which might sound strange coming from somebody who just said they love RPGs. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of the, the RPG staple, um, but I don't remember so, the combat on uh, that. Um, there was a lot of running and and hitting when you push a button, your character actually hits. Oh wow! That that sort of thing. I'm gonna have to... really fun instanced, but action. I'm going action, to have action. to watch some gameplay footage on that because I don't re- like. I remember Star Ocean, the second story, as being my favorite from that group of games, but I don't remember the combat so much as I do the story. <laughs> um, uh, what else? But Valkyrie Profile, 2D sprites. It's only 3D once you go out into like the world map. The rest of it, I think, is 2D parallaxing. That's a beautiful game. The first one? Also is, PlayStation. There's a series of them? There's a series, but I don't think that there's anything that quite holds up to just Valkyrie profile. I think there, there's a tactics game on like the Nintendo DS, I think, and then there's Valkyrie profile Lenith that I think just dropped for like PS4. That one actually looks pretty nice. It looks really, really nice, but I don't know if it's going to play nice or... We're talking about Square Soft versus Square Enix, mm. and that's that's a, that's a conversation. Damn it, man! You're making me take notes because <clears throat> uh, I'll forget these <laughs> otherwise. Star Ocean and but good examples of of beautiful 2D sprites on 3D backgrounds. And yeah, you're right. Uh, Bakin is a, a good engine for that. Mm. I still think Smile Game Builder is a great engine for that sort of thing too. It's more limited, but it it'll it's more beginner friendly. How's it how's it limited? Um, I actually had that on my wish list for a very long time, and <clears throat> and I think it was because of the whole three D thing, and I just either just wasn't ready to uh, to dabble, um, 
And then I saw, I think I was looking through my wish list and I was checking it out. And then I, I don't know, I think maybe they had a link to their new one. And I was like, yeah. ooh. And then I was like, well, <clears throat> it's open beta, basically. Um, I know they call it uh, early access. Early access. But it's basically open beta. You're, you're right, though, yeah. Um, so uh, it was programmed more or less and i'm i'm the only affiliation that i i have is uh one my videos and content and me just trying to aggressively cover every square inch i can of that um but i also do own the discord community which was officialized this year by smile boom so oh yeah got that going for me too wait but these are just my stop my own views here whoa whoa (laughs) <laughs> no. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I had a question, but I'll wait. I like interrupting okay. my guests. It's fun. Go. It's all good. Uh, so my my views here, just my own. Uh, I'm not privy to anything secretive, anything like that. But the difference between them, SGB was programmed in 2016 mm-hmm. on a 32-bit, in a 32-bit environment. Uh, and I believe one of the high people in the company was a former employee of the folks or a former team member of the folks who made one of the previous iterations of RPG Maker, I believe quite up there. Mm. Uh, So there were a lot of similarities, but it seemed to be made as sort of a, uh, not a serious flexible, powerful tool, Mm. more like, I don't want to say a toy, but more like a just a very simple, hey, you can make RPGs too, and you don't know you, you don't have to know how to code, and it lives up to that like a hundred percent. It is exactly that. But the response to that was, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do the other? Oh, this engine would be so cool if only we could do A, B, and C. And so the team are, are like, in my opinion, huh? Uh, maybe we could add those features. And so you're looking at some something that's had these features added to make it be able to play with the big boy. There's, there's not really any big boys out there. There's unity, unreal and Godot yeah. and no engine, no RPG engines going to compare to those in a fair way. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and they won't be able to compare to RPG engines in a fair way based on the context and perspective. But, uh, Bakin is the, okay, we're going to start out being the serious, overwhelming, very powerful, very precise control tool. So in that regard, Bakin can overwhelm you with the settings that it has because it has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And it is also in early access. So when you go playing around with the settings that are available to you, uh, you might be able to break something, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah. And if you do, please bug report that. Please please tell Smile Boom about it so they can fix it because that's what that's for and why that do. Uh, but Smile Game Builder, you should be able to jump in there, get your feet wet, and make a Hello World game very quickly, mm. very, very quickly, and slowly start to put more things in, full battle system. I mean whatever you want to do all that stuff is templated and it's already there for you to just drag and drop oh interesting limitations it's a 32-bit engine there's not like advanced lighting mm. uh no spotlights point lights anything like that there's some particle effects mm-hmm. uh you can't it doesn't support effects here so 
Nobody has really been able to make good particle effects for Smile Game Builder yet. Um, you've got a very limited amount of like status effects and elements. I think there are six total attributes, as they call them in Bakking. Smile Game Builder, I think they're elements, but you've got like holy, fire, dark, you know, and you can change those and make them weak to whatever other one you want and things like that, but you, you can have six and that is it, no more. <laughs> Despite the years of, can we please have more added? Like Pokemon has 16. If you just add 10 more, we're golden. We <laughs> or 18 or whatever. But nope, nope, you don't, you just get the six. Mm, weird. Uh, and then like, there are just some other things. Like if you're importing a 3D model, which it's expected that you're a total beginner and newbie at 3D models. Mm, so this mm. is probably fine. You can have one material per object, and it only supports mm. uh, just what they might call diffuse or base color textures. So you're not going to have anything too fancy. But all in all, it'll look like a PlayStation 1 PSX RPG when you're done with it. Mm. And you can have 2D sprites in a 3D background. And you can do so at higher resolutions than the PlayStation had. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you can even do like a PS2 mm -hmm. If you are ambitious, I've seen some examples of games that look like they could have been PS2 tech demos. Nice. Uh, Bakken is more like a PS3 almost immediately, but oh. you can do the other games that way too. You can make you can you can make your your 2D sprite on 3D background game in in Bakken quite easily as well. Oh, interesting. Huh. So the I guess the limitations. I mean, maybe some of that will change over time depending on um, what what they do with, with Bucking. Um, so how, how, how long has it been in early access, and how long have you been playing with it? Well, Bucking's been, it was just released like uh, two, less than two months ago oh. as of today. Oh, wow. Okay, so I got it like um, pretty... Uh, pretty soon after, <laughs> I guess. It was. Yeah, it, I it, it got a, a uh, hard and fast, hey, it's out now kind of release. Mm -hmm. uh, Smile Game Builder came out in 2016. I started playing with it around 2019, joined the Discord, got familiar with the community. Uh, Bakin, I actually got to beta test for just a couple of months. I want to say three months oh. before its official release. So that's the extent of my experience. But I have it open all the time because I want to make tutorials and, and make sure that people have a resource so that it can start off being more well-documented than SGB was. It already is more well-documented now, mm -hmm. but uh, there's a ton of things that people would love to get into. And uh, judging just by the, the community interactions in the Discord and the Steam discussions, and it would be good if, if those things could be covered as soon as possible so people can start building systems and stuff that act like their favorite games. Yeah, for sure. Um, how did you, uh, speaking of the Discord, how did you wind up with the official Discord? Like, that's that's pretty awesome. Ah, uh, well, long story short, uh, our, uh, the, the administration team consisted of basically three people, one owner, it was all community, fan-made, unofficial, just, hey, here's a place to talk about this game engine. And the owner was Companion Wolf, who has something like 50 or 60 tutorial videos on YouTube mm. about Smile Game Builder. It's like the foremost authority. I think I've seen them. And 
Dras Ray and Motsi, who are both of the developers and slash artists <clears throat> for Alterium Shift, which is coming out. That was made in Smile Game Builder. Demo available now and post-processed in Unity. And um, uh, Mr. Wolf got to a point where he had decided it might be time to focus on some other projects, and he asked his administration team if either one of them wanted ownership of the server. They said, no, we don't have time. Uh, so he asked me. And the rest is history. The Smile Boom staff, or at least one or two of the staff, uh, notably Sana, she was always present in the old Discord because it was one of the community Discords for a tool you make, you know, hey, and hanging out and occasionally answering questions that people might have if they were more advanced beyond just like community things like, will this tool ever get X feature? Uh, my, my game crashed when I did Y thing. Uh, what can we do? And it, as a rep of Smileboom, she'd be like, hey, send me the project, email it to me, or uh, thanks, we'll look into that right away. And in this way, the community and the company kind of uh, had this symbiotic, sim symbiotic, yeah, yeah relationship yeah. where <clears throat> where one could make the tool better by looking at the feedback in the other area. Even though it is a team of Japanese developers, and I believe their market is bigger to the Japanese mm -hmm. demographic, um, they've been able to do a lot of things considering their global audience, and. So it wasn't that long at all after I, I accepted the ownership of that Discord and started working on a couple of uh, small non-destructive changes that Smileboom was like, hey, um, one, do you want to beta test Bakin? To which I'm like, it's not even a question. <laughs> and two, uh, a little bit after that, uh, hey, we got our Bakin Steam page up. Can we link to this Discord? and?" call this the official uh, Discord community. And of course, we're like, that's not even a question either. Yes, of course. So changed some roles around, changed a couple of channels, made some more polished rules, and we're at where we are today. Uh, but you know, we're, we're still progressing. We're still, I'm still working to try to make that community more involved and mm -hmm. active. Mm -hmm. And I try to spend as much time as I can in there. Sure. Um, so. that's, that's probably one of my favorite discords at this point. Um, awesome. and I have, I mean, you know how discord is, there's like loads and loads of communities. Easy to join, hard to leave. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I have left some of them because, you know, just not using them anymore. You know, not really, uh, um, don't really get involved in a lot of the communities. I think that's might be one of the, um, it's it's always nice to come in and see chatter or, or you know if you have questions you can get questions answered in communities but um you know like every everything has a community so i've bought some udemy courses that have pretty big i don't know if you're familiar with udemy at all oh yeah oh, okay all right i've got a couple of courses i completed on udemy nice so nice um yeah so you know there's some communities there and you know, if I'm not doing the course anymore, I finally, you know, I finally just leave. But, uh, but yeah, um, Bakin, the the Bakin Discord has definitely been one of my favorites. I'm always looking at the, uh, the screenshots and and the videos that people are posting. Those are always fun. 
Mine too. It's my. It's one of my favorites too. <laughs> you have no choice. You are tied. <laughs> you can't ever leave. I think. Technically. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So, what um, kind of what are your game building plans? Do you have a big project you're working on? Is that? Oh yeah. Talk to me. We got a few going Tell on. The deets. So all right. Uh, I have so many that I kind of forget. I know I've got a list right now of projects because I'm trying to get into a routine uh, in order to spend a little bit of time on each one and actually give it some fair attention throughout the week before I have to go back to work. Mm. And Should we talk about work? We, <laughs> I, I don't want to. No, it's a, we could talk about work. Uh, my day job is not what I do on YouTube. Sure. I wish it was. And one day oh, I'm I'm doing what I can to make that happen. But right now it is not. But I am fortunate to be blessed with a weekend job, which is also full time. Oh, that's crazy. I work 36 hours a week, three days a week, uh, 12 hours each day. And I have no time to do anything when I come home, mm -hmm. except make sure that nobody's uh, choked each other out in any of the discords I'm in. Sure. And shower go to bed uh but the other four days more than enough time to build and create and make stuff and help others do that so besides my video stuff video game work my wife and i are currently making an homage game in bakin mm. to uh sort of sort of an homage to hero quest uh 1989 dungeon crawling tabletop board game made by Milton Bradley and Games Workshop. And I just kind of wanted to have that dingy dungeon crawling feel. Yeah. Select a class, go through a dungeon. Each room is kind of random. I think we might make it into something like a procedurally generated thing. Oh, that could be But fun. she doesn't want to get like too long serious with it. So we'll, we'll make a short project and maybe something that's replayable if I can help it because I love replayability. And then we'll be done with that. Yeah, and you can always expand uh, it later. Yeah. On the back burner, I had a game which I called Project Spectrum for a while and then changed the name to Planet Spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a story of alien beings oh. who are made, they're, they're somewhat made of paint. They're, they're humanoids, but they're all single color skin and stuff. And each one's named after one of the colors that Bob Ross used on his most popular paint palette. That's awesome. <laughs> so you have the main characters who are Thalo Blue and Thalo Green. That's your boy and girl sibling set. And you can play as either one of them. And you will meet uh, Lieutenant uh, Cadmium, Cadmium Yellow, and Dr. Sap Green, <laughs> as well as the ship's AI Titanium White. You can go play that game now. It's on itch.io, amalgamash.itch.io. Shameless plug. Nice, yeah, it's free. plug. Plug away. Um, nine little environments. I made it as sort of a benchmark. So you get your hub, some story, and then you've got nine different areas you can go to, and each one is just a puzzle. You just solve the puzzle. And then there's kind of a layer two puzzle hidden in that environment. If you can solve the advanced puzzle, you'll get the special item that you need to bring back to Dr. Sap. So <laughs> I lost my project file for that oh. but then i found an earlier one so i just need to get the motivation to go in there bring it up to speed and finish it mm. i would love to do that though at some point and it'll just be a free project that i finished maybe i'll get it ported onto stuff because i would love to have a published 
game on platforms out there besides windows yeah yeah um what are your uh what are your plans with bakin as far as games go have you have you started any large projects on it or were some of these on on it already um planet spectrum was made in smile game builder and one of my plans for that overall is to make a version of it in every game engine that i have slash find nice. so we'll have like a 2d planet spectrum we'll have a rpg in a box planet spectrum and that overall i will call that project spectrum so just just trying to benchmark and see how easy it is to get different systems of collection and mini games mm. and interactions and stuff in different engines and i, I always want to re release the project file next to it so anybody who's interested can see how i did it uh but as far as like big plans, I have two large things that I want to do. Uh, one is a game that I've been developing in Notepad mm. for like the last since twenty. It's been about three or four years now. Mm. That's my most ambitious project. It's the project that I want to have entire class systems, farming elements, romance system. Uh, gathering, crafting, multiple ways of playing so you can just play your way stress-free or you can attempt to challenge it. And I haven't found the engine yet for that. That's fair. Everything's got something in the way uh, from me making that as is without compromise. Mm -hmm. So when I have a chance to sit and really think about what I'm willing to compromise on, that will cause me to consider all of the engines uh, so far, Bakin is the closest one, mm -hmm. but I don't have a workflow in Bakin that's very fast or rewarding just yet. Sure. So I set that aside. It's in Notepad, continually getting worked on. And the more games I play in real life, the the more I add to that because I'm like, I really like the system in this game. I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> um, uh, stealing the is other the, one that's the highest form of flattery. I've been told <clears throat> that is. I'm sure somebody said that. Uh, Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> the The other project, the one that's actually going to be done in Bakken at this point, is one that my wife and I are working on. Um, we're still figuring out how we're going to do the core gameplay loops. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's going to be an adventure game. I don't really want it to have like RPG turn-based combat. Sure. But if I can get it to where the the battles in the game are drawn out sort of choose your own adventure type sequences. Mm. I think that would be awesome, but I'm, I'm still thinking about how to implement that, but it's going to be a, a dark story that is intended for a mature audience. Fair. Uh, it has to do with a age old ambiguous battle between uh, Queen Agape and the demigod Eros and it, your, uh, a follower of the church of agape who the world kind of either hates or loves based on whether or not they believe one of the two legends one of the legends is that agape summoned the demigod mm. and through a through a very what's the word uh just just a terrible ritual enabled him to have power that's corrupted a large portion of the world and the other one is that she was a queen who sacrificed herself to stop him from gaining any more power so we have this you're always questioning your own motives while you play 
and it'll it'll more or less be an adventure game with dating elements mm. because it's very important that we we have dating in this particular game of a kind. So that sounds like fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned your work. Um, I actually have a similar schedule where I work thirty two hours, but get paid for roughly thirty eight. I mean, you know. Um, with yes. with all the overtime and or not overtime, but shift differentials and whatnot, and yes. of course my job is not game or programming related yet either. Yet, um, but it will. But that uh, that gives me you know um, four and a half ish days where I can because I work uh, overnights, so I work like yes. Friday night into Saturday. Saturday night into Sunday, and then Sunday night into yeah. Monday morning. You know, it's kind of a kind of a weird shift. That is very similar. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so funny, um, and yeah, that so that gives me gives me plenty of time during the week. Um, right now, it's been taken up with uh, learning this programming language called Elixir, um, which um, it's a functional programming language. If you don't know much about it, it um, it was made to run on this virtual machine, kind of like Java, where, um, but I guess the difference is it's, it's made for, uh, high concurrency. So lots and lots and lots of connections at one time, um, which most programming languages and virtual machines can't really handle well out of the box. And so they have to do a lot of finagling to get any kind of concur concurrency to work, work well. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, um, let me, let me think. I had a couple other questions, but, um, uh, so how long have you been married? Do you have kids? You have, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I've been married for 20 years. Um, nice. I have one kid. We, uh, took us 16 years to have him and. So he's six, six years old. Uh, he's going to keep you young for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a blast. Um, he's a huge gamer, of course, because you know dad games, and he's big into Roblox right now, and lots of stuff on the Switch, Mario. Um, I mean, you name it on the Switch. He, well, maybe not you name it because he doesn't get to play adult games like Doom or. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Um, maybe the Roblox version of Doom. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, he has he has been playing kind of like the little zombie games on Roblox, running around, you know, yeah. chased and stuff. Oh yes, I'm 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 somewhat aware of the Roblox madness. Have you have you played any Roblox? I have, uh, and it's there's a lot of stuff on there. Dude. There's a ton of games like. For folks who don't understand it, mm -hmm. Roblox is a platform uh, upon which you can join as a creator mm -hmm. and make your own games. Uh, but you do—it's it's not as simple as drag and drop, mm -hmm. for sure. Definitely not. If you've got experience in Lua and in 3D, you can definitely make some stuff. But there, there is some world building and stuff you can get into. Uh, there is a lot to get into, from really simple games to um more involved in-depth games and games that don't have microtransactions games that have a ton of microtransactions and seem to make it a point to make that the 
point of their existence. Um, and then you got your character that you can bring in, and you can either be forced to be uh, an avatar uh, that looks a particular way, or you can customize your avatar by buying clothes and stuff. No, I our our son does a lot of Roblox oh, nice. playing, so we've we've definitely uh, spent some money on Robux. Yeah, but to answer that, yeah, I have. Uh, one son, he'll be 14 mm. in just about a week. Awesome. And I've got as many years uh, in marriage. So 14, that is. So we are. Uh, That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I, I mean it when I say it'll keep you young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kids will definitely, definitely do that. And, um, you know, I don't. Uh, you know, everybody worries about socialization with, uh, with only children, but it's, um, is your son like, really, is he really outgoing or, um, he can be, mm -hmm. he, he is, he was, he's pretty well balanced, I'd mm -hmm. say, because he can deal with, with, uh, just about anybody, kids, younger kids. He, he plays with younger kids, tries to get on their level, have fun with them. Same age, knows how to converse. Older teens, knows to kind of converse a little bit, maybe leave well enough alone. <laughs> uh, adults, zero problems approaching. That's awesome. Socialization, just fine. He, much better than I was at his age, actually. Mm -hmm. And and some days, much better than I am. So <laughs> absolutely not worried there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of the same. Like, uh, you know, everybody was like, oh, only child, you know um we we do home we do a homeschooling um we're doing uh it's, it's called a virtual academy um where it's you know it's through the state but uh, i live in a rural area so uh, you know we do have schools but we opted to, to try this out and see how it is and uh it's been it's been pretty cool so he does like a a live class like a couple times a week and then um and then some kind of like video classes and other stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, he gets, you know, he's very much like outgoing and, you know, has no problem interacting with, with, uh, either kids or grownups or, you know, uh, we'll be at the park and, you know, he'll either play with the kids or he even talk to the parents, you know, it's kind of funny. Yep. 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 Um, exactly. High five. I, I homeschool as well. Oh, nice. So similar similar things going on i was actually homeschooled mm, i was too uh, my wife went to public school mm -hmm. and we actually agreed after talking about you know where we live and and situation and stuff we also live in a rural area oh. um we're like yeah okay home we'll, we'll try homeschooling that might be the better option mm -hmm. we'll at least try it and i we've been doing it ever since it's been working out just fine yeah yeah i would say we can provide good examples to those who are skeptical right definitely um it's it's not bad um it, it really isn't um you know my wife she acts as kind of his coach so she works with him in the mornings um with with class and um you know i don't know if we'll we'll, if we'll do it full time you know after he gets older we'll just kind of play it by ear and see how things go but um at least as of right now it's you know but like you said i was i was homeschooled too and she went to public school. Uh, that's funny that there's actually a lot of parallels. <laughs> um, 
but nice but yeah so um and that was one thing that we had kind of talked about and agreed on that we would we would do the homeschool thing and um it you know if we do decide to public school at some point at least in the area we're in it it would won't be you know the schools are, are pretty good um you know not a lot of horror stories from our schools but uh, it's it's i like <laughs> go ahead you got something to say say it i i, I can't relate sure I, here i don't know where you but live. no that that's good though that's really really good our environment uh here just it could be much much better it could facilitate much better and mm-hmm. I, I i don't know if if there's just a lack of trying mm-hmm. or like if, if it's just not worth it to the people who could be trying harder mm-hmm. and i understand that but i mean that's why we homeschool sure. so i i like that we kind of have hands-on with this curriculum so we can kind of see what you know what's being taught you know that that kind of thing we actually get to see how how he's being taught um you know most of the time you send your kid off to public school um i did a very small stint in public school when i was um 15 um parents went through a little you know they went through divorce and like what do we do with the kid i'll throw him in public school so you know that was that was a shock but i did get to see how um how public schools worked and not a lot gets done in public schools it's not maybe not all of them you know i'm not gonna generalize too right much, but right 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 um but i definitely feel like i learned more um in homeschool uh, because the focus is all on the learning and not so much on right the- you you get to master you get the time that you need to master a subject mm-hmm. instead of just being handed a paper and being told well i hope you get seven out of ten yeah because that that'll mean you pass and we never have to speak of this again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that might be a, one of the more jaded things that i have to, to say or or one of the more jaded perspectives that i have but i mean we get to go over material over and over not necessarily repeat it but go over material with our son and if he if he masters you know half of it we'll get to go more in depth on the other half instead of just saying okay well you earn the passing grade, we're done. We can say, well, let's let's actually understand this. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> I I get I get the, the uh, honor of math and science and <laughs> the wife gets uh geography, history, other social studies, we kind of tr- split um literature, English, mm-hmm. spelling, that sort of thing always have. Uh we go by books that we've we've bought but we've bought books from several different series mm-hmm. and sometimes we'll compare and contrast and find that huh that's weird this ninth grade book's content is the exact same as this seventh grade book's content from this other publisher oh weird sometimes that works out because you're like okay my my kids at a ninth grade level on this subject mm-hmm. and then sometimes you're like or oh, where, where is he behind right what's going on sure. is he advanced or is this a no child left behind yeah yeah that's interesting so, we haven't we haven't really played around with curriculum books yet and i've been curious um the virtual academy we're doing basically sends us all the curriculum so yeah um 
we don't have to, you know, we don't have to buy books or, or anything like that. They even sent him a, a laptop to use. Um, nice. But, uh, you know, obviously when I was homeschooled, I think my parents did a lot of like buying of curriculum and trying different, you know, trying different, uh, different things, different books. Um, I don't know that they ever settled on any one thing. Um, yeah. I don't know what state you're in. I'm in Arkansas and, uh, I'm your Northern neighbor. All right. Nice. Uh, I was actually born in Little Rock. Oh, cool. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's only, uh, that's neither here nor there, but it's only about a couple hours from where I'm at. I'm up towards the, uh, the, the border of Missouri and Arkansas. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. The curriculum. Um, <clears throat> So my parents, you know, they tr they tried a lot of different uh, different books and stuff, and um, we we haven't had to do that. But um, so far, it's been so. This is, I'd say, this is kind of like a public school virtually, more than you know anything else. Um, yeah, and it's so far it's been good, and the curriculum's been solid, and the teaching methods have been good. Uh, he's learning a bunch. He he can already read, um, for you know maybe not every last big word, but you know, um, kind of seeing him go from zero to uh, being able to read me small books, you know, is 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 pretty awesome. That's always fun. Oh yeah, and uh, it's yeah, um, but I totally I totally get where you're coming from as far as like trying to find curric you know good good solid curriculum and. Um, but it is weird that you'll pick up a couple different books and it's the same stuff, but it's for different grades. Like that's pretty odd. <laughs> I've, I've seen memes where <clears throat> there's like a teacher in front of a chalkboard and it's, it, it says in the text, it says, uh, don't worry about this part of the book. We'll go over it next year. <laughs> and then it's the exact same picture, same teacher. Uh, chalkboard and the text says you should have studied this last year so you'll have no problem with it being on the test <laughs> so i i don't think it's isolated to, to homeschooling uh, but not. it definitely probably occurs more when you switch between different curriculums and schools mm -hmm. uh, because i'm sure if you if you just stick with one they have a plan and that should make sense i would hope yeah but uh it sometimes it's about I mean, you, you, you may find that it is necessary uh, if you're out there homeschooling anybody to switch curriculums, at least in one or more subjects because of just learning style. Um, the dummies books mm -hmm. that, that got so famous yeah. for, for all their subjects, they exploded and it's like they have so many different writers now, but they're not all going to be actually like at the same level that they started out as when they were four dummies. I, tr I picked up a trigonometry or no calculus for dummies. Like maybe this will help me learn calc. Nope. Completely lost page one. They started throwing out all kinds of crap mm. and I could smell the marketing and that's something that I hate. So I, I skimmed the first part of the book. I'm like that. Nope. This isn't going to be what does it for me. Yeah. So, I mean, Someone who's a really, really good teacher at one thing may not be a really good teacher at another. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's, in my opinion, perfectly appropriate to find a different source, at least just for that. So, yeah, it's we have. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say we have like as many learning styles in the world as we have teaching styles. So, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, I've definitely found, uh, just through my own personal experience of experimentation and trying to find um, something that could teach me to learn, especially with programming, because it's, you know, if if you spend any time on Twitter, it always looks like programming is like the easiest thing to learn. Like you should be able to learn it in six weeks or two weeks or, <laughs> or just follow this roadmap. And there's, you know, they list like 20 different technologies. Like you're going to grasp them all in, in a small, you know, like two month stint and then go off and get your first programming language. And that may work for some people. Um, but that de definitely has not been my case. Um, I've spent more time in more more programming languages, probably, and experimenting with Udemy courses and trying to figure out what makes the knowledge stick in my own head. Mm -hmm. And it's been kind of a process of read a little bit. I mean, I, I've watched some videos and stuff, and and like right now, I've got a um, I've got an instructor, so um. You know, I've got live instruction. Um, also reading, you know, things like that um, through the curriculum. But uh, it's what's really probably made stuff stick is just like uh, read a little bit and then do a little bit and then read a little bit more and do a little bit more. Um, there has to be, at least for me, kind of a... Uh, there has to be some doing, like take take the thing you just learned and then do it a bunch yeah you know? have to apply yeah. it yeah and not just once or twice yeah make a routine yeah if you're not applying the, the the concepts over and over and over again stuff just isn't going to stick um yeah uh unfortunately i think i'm at a point where i'm i'm starting to touch on just barely touch on that use it or lose it mm -hmm. So I can I can get introduced to something, learn it pretty well, if 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 the teacher if the teaching is right mm -hmm. if if we mesh right. if you mesh yeah like, all right cool and then uh, if I don't keep up with it, gone flushed out. Now the next time I learn it, I'll be like okay I remember this, mm -hmm. but it yeah, so it's kind of like riding a bicycle. But I mean I'm not gonna be able to wake up, go to my PC and start programming even if I learned Visual Basic. And even if I learned the same concepts when I took C sharp in college, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, I can't. So one thing that I would like to do, I think, I think I'd like to do it is learn JavaScript mm -hmm. or yeah, jo mm, yeah, JavaScript. And I've tried to learn that using, I think it's called grasshopper. It's either Grasshopper or Cricket. Grasshopper. Just an app. An app Grasshopper. Yeah, called Grasshopper. Yep. yep. And I, it was just a kind of drag and drop these little bits of code. Uh, and I got far along in that, and I can't remember any of it mm -hmm. now. I think that was just, it might have been the year before last. Uh, it might have been last year, actually. Actually, it might have been last year. Because I'm remembering. I was on night shift. <laughs> and I was doing that out of desperation to get any more experience mm -hmm. on my resume so I could get out of my situation. Sure. But I'm out of that situation either way. It doesn't matter now. Uh, but 
yeah, JavaScript, that's used by the RPG Maker engines. Mm -hmm. C Sharp is used by Bakin. Uh, if you can use either of those, then the other one probably wouldn't be hard to learn at all. Just translating the experience you have into like what minor syntax differences there might be. Sure. And then you should be able to, as long as you have the references, make plugins. Yeah. Um, I would say C Sharp is probably, uh, if I was going to learn one of the two, I would learn C Sharp. JavaScript to me is just a pile, big pile of trash. Sorry. Sorry, all you JavaScripters. I'll, I'm, I'm I'll not, get flamed. I'm going to get flamed. Not aware enough to know uh, it's just, why. Just, it's, it's, oh man, it's sort of like, okay, so they, they wrote the language in two weeks flat. Um, so there's a lot of issues with that in that it's very cobbled together. Um somebody made an analogy and I'm trying to remember what it was, but basically it was kind of like building something in JavaScript. Uh, I can't remember. It basically had to do with like balling, taking a piece of paper and being like, ta-da, uh, (laughs) balling it up. (laughs) Um, It's, it's kind of a, a mash of stuff and it's, not it's the it's the thing everybody does because it works in the web so okay that's the reason it gets used it's not because it's nice to use or or easy to use it's because it works in the web um and that's the only reason that people flock to it because um as of right now there's been this huge push you know, learn to code kind of thing. And, um, you know, the front end is, is generally an easier place to get in involved because CSS and HTML are really fairly easy to pick up. And neither of those are programming per se. <laughs> um, I'm getting flashbacks of trying to learn CSS in college yeah. with my pre-html5 knowledge oh for real oh man that brutal like crap why is this why does this exist why is this a thing exactly what it's 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 so brutal i used to be able to do whatever i wanted in html why (laughs) html5 is a lot easier to use i will say that um it's it's... now i gotta learn css and java script uh javascript yeah um and that's why a lot of frameworks like ruby on rails and the one i'm using phoenix um they try to minimize the uh the amount of javascript you have to touch to get something done um, oh, yeah i see yeah they they definitely try um some of them use a little there's a little javascript the framework um that lets you do like animations and stuff really easy um without having to kind of roll your own that's why jquery was so popular uh for so long okay because it was writing javascript without the headache of the the syntax and the sprawl that writing javascript script becomes um i see yeah it's it's not something that i would have any experience in at this point i just had uh my 
a couple of really, really small, like snippet type projects that would never run on their own, but were just part of larger things. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you make this right. in C sharp in college? And then the one, uh, one application that I was to make front to back, which was still small, uh, but had that, that could run by itself if you deployed it. And that's all gone. I just figured if it's your first programming language, though, you won't necessarily be, you won't be cognizant of all of that, will you? You'll just be mm -hmm. like, that'll just color how you feel about programming. Right, right. Which I guess is worse. Ugh, programming sucks because it's hard and it's really messy. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't click. Right. Well, no, no, you just started with the wrong language, I guess. Yeah, is that, that's exactly right. Does that happen? Mm -hmm, totally. That happened for me. Oh, yeah. man. Um, I, I tried to learn JavaScript over and over again, and I finally gave up. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try a different language. And to date, okay. to date, I've probably tried maybe a dozen. Um, I usually joke and say I've tried every last programming language on the market. Um, yeah. I've definitely looked at the vast majority of them, and I've probably, I've probably dabbled in <clears throat> a large majority of them just to try them out and see if I liked them, see if they clicked. Um, I... Oh, oh, I was going to say Java was the one that I'll say Java is the one that clicked, but it's not due to necessarily the language partially, but more because the course I found clicked with me um, in terms there of you the teaching style. Yeah, that was the, that's, the thing that grabbed me. The that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, took me a while to realize that's what I was looking for was how do I learn? You know, what? Yeah, that's important. What makes something click to me? That's extremely easy to overlook, mm -hmm. but it is important. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, everybody blames the the course or the teacher, but that's not a lot of it boils down to how do you learn? Maybe you just don't learn in the style that he teaches. You know, maybe yep. you learn in a different way and you just haven't found that way yet. And so you gotta, you gotta look, um, I bought, uh, maybe 30 plus Udemy courses, different languages, different teachers, um, just trying to find one that, that kind of like, uh, grabbed me enough to make me stick with it and where stuff would click. Um, and the only one I found was this Java course, and it was because it was super exercise heavy. Like he would yeah. teach the concept, and then he'd give you like 20 exercises using that same concept over and over and over. And then they just built on each other. The next one you would use the prior concept and the one he just taught. And I did that over... Probably over a six month period when I was working in the oil field. Um, you know, I, oh, nice. I had uh, I had nothing to do in the small amount of downtime that I had. Um, <clears throat> or if for some reason the rig had to shut down because it, uh, you know, there was weather related stuff going on, lightning. Or, yeah. Um, or something broke, <laughs> and then I'd have large blocks of time where I could learn how to code so i did all these java exercises right on yeah getting paid to work while you're actually secretly learning is tight yeah, yeah. it's pretty awesome 
or it was. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was when kind of programming started clicking a bit. Um, what I'm learning now is nothing like it because it's not object oriented. It's, it's yeah. functional. So you're writing modules and functions instead of classes. I see. Yeah. Sort of like a uh, basic. Oh, okay. All right. I have a little bit of, I have a little bit of basic. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't have any basic experience, so I didn't realize that was ah. a functional language. Um, uh, well, it sounds like one. Yeah. It, and it could very well be. It's... I don't know much about it. I'll have to, I'll do a little digging when, uh, when we're off. Um, possibly, possibly batch, which I wouldn't actually count as like a programming <laughs> language, but I have made, I've made things in batch. Interesting. Um, I would also say that, uh, uh, what is it? There's a Microsoft program that everybody uses for spreadsheets. What is that? Excel. <laughs> I don't, Excel uses Visual Basic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're writing, uh, custom, I guess they might be called modules or macros for mm. that. I've never actually used code in any of the spreadsheets, any of the contexts I've ever used. I do use an Excel clone, but I don't, I don't right, right. use anything like that for it. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a friend that was like, that's a lie. I do at work, but I've got nothing to do with the creation of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got a friend that, uh, he's a mad Excel user writes functions and just all kinds of stuff. When I listen to him talk about Excel, He's like programming, you know, I'm like, dude, you're programming. He's like, no, no, I can never. I'm yeah, like, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> but that's it. You're, you're yeah. doing it. You're in. You know, you know how. Exactly. You know the way. It's daunting. You don't want to, you don't want to admit that you know how, because it, then immediately it's like real programmers will bust through your windows and be like, you don't know what structs right. are. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what arrays are. And you're like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just use spreadsheets. I just, I'm a spreadsheet guy. Leave me alone. Yeah, casual <laughs> poser. Battle scarred from their pre, from their from their Python, not Python, from their uh, Cobol yeah, and Cobol, man. 1970s language ways. Now, there's a language I haven't touched. Um, I don't think I will dabble in Cobol, although there was kind of a rash there for a little while of Pascal. Pascal. Yeah. Uh, I guess there were some <clears throat> some government websites that desperately <clears throat> needed updating, so everybody was like, "Ooh, we should just go learn COBOL. You know, we could get a job in that." Like, oh yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure there's jobs, but I'm probably not going to do that. I'll pass. Uh, my hard cutoff yep. time is approaching. Okay, so I guess we will uh, we'll just call it a day, um, and maybe we'll do another one of these soon. Sound like I wouldn't mind that at that'd all. Be fun. I think that that'd be a good time. It's great. Cool. All right. It's relaxed, good environment, good host. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, good guest. Uh, maybe next time you host me, that, and we'll, we'll try it that way. You know, it can be done. It can be done. Um, I'll go through some more of your be tutorials, my... and then we'll look at my shitty project. <laughs> sounds awesome. It won't be a shitty project. It'll be one that you've envisioned yes. that maybe. you may have questions about how to improve. And we there you go. You get could do a that. tutorial online. That'd be fun. On stream. Oh, like a live uh let's let's learn. Yeah, let's I like teach that. slash learn sort Ooh, of collaboration. That sounds like fun. Me crappily teaching somebody how to make a Bakken game or an RPG in a box <laughs> game. Yeah, that does sound like that a lot of fun. That does sound like fun. That'd be cool. 
you know, I, I haven't, uh, I've, I mean, I've only been kind of picking at Bakin and mostly, you know, either your tutorial videos. You need to make more of those, by the way. I know, I know. Uh, layouts, layouts just got updated. Now I can finish. I can go through and I've completely redo. Thanks, Smile Boom. Oh, nice. Completely redo my layouts tutorial, uh, and that's the levy. Once tutorials is out of my way, we go into eventing, and then I'm gonna have tutorials every flipping day probably for the next six years. But we'll get through eventing, and um, that largely I'll be done, except for like tutorial requests and like systems. Mm -hmm. Somebody said you should have a series where you're like, can this be made in Bakken? And then we look at a popular RPG mechanic like Pokemon or something, and I'm like, that's a great idea. That would take a long time to do each video, but maybe for live streams, we can set a hard time of like two hours. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then I start the project, and I immediately start talking about the concepts behind it, how it might be done. Mm -hmm. Somebody more knowledgeable can watch it and laugh, knowing that their superior intellect can come out with it faster and easier. Those who are on kind of my level can see where I'm going with it, take the ideas and use them uh, and and let those evolve. And those people who had no idea that it could be done at all can maybe be struck with inspiration and wonder. Either way, it's a win-win-win. I can eat humble pie and and, and everybody can either learn or be entertained. Nice. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. That, that uh, That sounds like a good time. I would definitely be on board with watching that or participating somehow if possible participation will be yes ideal all right so this has been episode 15 of the citizen coder podcast and uh thanks for joining me ash thank you thank you for having me drew and we'll see you next time see you bye-bye you've been listening or watching episode 15 of the citizen coder podcast If you'd like to get in touch with Ash, you can hit him up on Twitter or check out his YouTube channel. Link is in the show notes. If you like what I'm doing and you want to sponsor the show, you can reach out to me at info at citizencodercast.com or message me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Thanks for listening, and as always, I'll see you next time.